expecting any more guests? I don't think so. Five, four, three. It's the internet. You're busy. Let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. It is the podcast where we decide everything that's happening in the world of games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... It's Mike Minotti. Hooray! Hey, I'm back. Yeah, and uh, I'm on for a bit. Yeah, you were. You uh, were doing some things, and you did some other things. You were, you were at Disney Disney one week, Judges Week the other. Um, we'll we'll probably talk about some of that stuff. I'm sure. Um, yeah. In today's episode, we're going to go over some of the stuff that we've been playing. Uh, uh, Mike's probably been playing some more interesting stuff than I have, but we'll see. And we're going to get into the news. There's a lot of news. Uh, we'll catch up on all that stuff here in the second segment. Uh, for now, though, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can always get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, there's a, an email for this podcast. It is gamespluspodcast.adventurebeat.com. That's the plus sign. Uh, we also have a Twitter, at GBDecides or at gamesbeat. If you are uh, listening, if you downloaded this episode, if you're watching the video version that goes up later, uh, you can get an audio version of this show uh, in your own podcast feed through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff. Finally, if you like the show, if you rate it on Apple Podcasts, it helps others find it, and we really appreciate that. So, Mike, you said you've like 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 you said you've been traveling you've been out we haven't done a, one of these episodes in a while so tell tell us about that like what what were you doing what, what were you up to well the, you know Disney World trip was just a family trip but the uh last week was uh E3 Judges week where uh you got to play a decent amount of games ahead of time uh many of which are still under embargo but really uh kind of the most interesting of them the embargoes are up uh, Black Ops right. 4 Kingdom Hearts 3 uh Dreams Days Gone I could Talk about those ones right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess let's uh, let's start. Let's work our way backwards. So, just tell me a little bit about Days Gone. You you got hands on with that? Is there anything that I should care about there, or can I still not care? I think you could still not care. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, it's 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 fine. Uh, you know, it's weird because my demo was kind of it focused on the open world stuff, which was very open worldy. Like it didn't have any like the horde of zombie things, which kind of seemed like the interesting. Right, the whole point. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, it was pretty much just you know, uh, it was you know, it was an overall game where you you fought some zombies. Something I don't know. It, it nothing nothing really stood out there. I didn't want to be super cynical about it, but no, uh, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to give it a chance, but like, yeah, it, it's not it's not burning the world down at all at this point. Yeah, yeah there was nothing was happening at least right then where I was like, wow, this is doing this thing interesting, or like it wasn't doing anything particularly new it wasn't doing anything particularly like better right so so yeah we'll just have to kind of still wait and see on that one which isn't you know a bad thing to do with any of these games but uh this other one we've been waiting a a really 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 long time i think so dreams they first showed that alongside the playstation 4 debut back in like march 2013 i think uh, so we've been we've been waiting forever for this game. Is it is it becoming interesting? I've ever heard it some is buzz. Interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was really, you know, I I kind of wasn't going in with much yeah really of expectations because you know how how long has it been since we've been waiting for for dreams and you know I, I liked Little Big Planet but I never could never really get too into it. Um, like it, it would always be kind of fun to mess around with the editor, but then like after ten minutes, I'd just be like, "Oh, let's see what someone else has done who's actually has the time to mess around with all this." Dreams is really neat though, just because the editor is so much more kind of um, not not involved, but it's a lot more versatile, right? Like 
when they were showing me the stuff that they made, it was like, here's a point-and-click adventure game, here's a 3D platformer, a 2D platformer, like a almost kind of like a Mario Party-style mini-game. Huh. Here's something that's more like a music video that's like slightly interactive. It was really cool. And, you know, when I was guided through the demo, I basically just made like a simple... 3D platforming world, a lot of it was like kind of copy pasting stuff and just like, right. here's a rock. Now, you know, turn it and make it bigger. And suddenly it's like uh, a mountain range in the distance. And like examples of how easy it was to take like a platform and then like start an animation cycle for it by recording and then setting that. But like kind of like the neat thing was, you know, for, for all these things, there was an easy way to do things kind of quick and like, like, okay, there it is. You, you have that done. But then you could also, uh, kind of like go into menus for all these things and uh, kind of get these sliders and really like kind of do my new detail work on all of them, including like music even, right? Like you could just push buttons on your controller to like make a beat, but then you can also open up like a keyboard and a music timeline, something that looks like actual music editing software, you know? Yeah, that, that I mean, that sounds really intense and at the same time, like a lot of fun. Is, is this in VR? It is. It's all going to be VR uh, compatible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I. Okay. Because that that did you play it in VR? No, I just played it normal. Okay. Now, like the one thing what was the interface me... like? Like for that? Like when you're actually like messing with the things around? Like if you're like you so have a platform main, and you put it in the world, like how are you doing? Your main cursor is like this little character who's like kind of like a little head with like an antenna and like a ball at the end. That's kind of like your pointer, and you control that with like motion controls on the controller. So it, uh, you know, it worked pretty easy. Yeah. Like, it all seemed real easy. Like I, the, I, I remain skeptical because I had the benefit of having a media molecule employee there to sort of like get me through everything. But um, he was still, you know, it, it still seemed surprisingly simple. Right. Yeah, that, I think it was a thing. Like I, I know that they tried to make uh, Little Big Planet as simple as possible, but it still felt like there were people who were always going to make stuff, and people who were going to just play whatever whatever else was made, and then they were all going to kind of fall off after a little bit. Um, if they can really kind of nail the simplest, like the simple side of things, it, it seems like they could combine that with what they've always been good at, which is giving people a ton of options uh, of how to explore these uh, these tools. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to kind of hearing more from people uh, who really want to do this stuff and seeing what they're capable of and seeing if I'm going to be like, okay, I'll try that myself now. Uh, for now, I'm kind of, I am still standoffish a little bit just because it has been so long. And I'm, I, I feel like the hype cycle for this game missed its window. Maybe a little, but I mean, see, I don't know about, I don't know about that because there's not a whole lot of other things doing this kind of thing. Like there's what Mario maker has been the only thing kind of like it. And that's so different. Right. Right. So I, I still think they could do something. Really oh yeah. Weird. Oh yeah, they definitely they definitely could. I just I, I just mean like getting my personal like meter like filled sure. with this the the idea of playing this game. It's like okay, if it's cool, I'm definitely going to be into it. But I'm not going to like sit around wondering about it, you know, in my off hours or anything. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, so speaking of sitting around wondering about things in your off hours, you got to play a, a Disney video game. Oh. So tell me about Kingdom Hearts three, Mike. Oh, it's the Kingdom Heartiest. Yeah. It is. Is it the most Kingdom Hearts? Yes. Uh, maybe for better or worse. Uh, okay. In that sense. So, yeah. So, I, so for people don't know, I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. I, I've always loved this game. I'm a big Disney fan. So, like, I'm really into the idea of an action RPG with Donald and Goofy in your party. Like, you know, yeah, give me more of that, please. Um, and the demo, we got to do a little bit of this uh, 
the first world was like this, the Hercules world, very like early part we basically ran up a mountain and then fought the rock Titan. Then like the longer part of the demo was a good chunk of the toy story stage. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really good looking, uh, which is, was kind of nice. Like you kind of won after all this time. Cause this is like final, right. we didn't have a PlayStation three kingdom hearts game. You know, it was, it's been on like, the DS, 3DS, and, and like PSP since then. So it's nice to like see the game actually looking very high end. And so yeah, they've that. never had an HD version of of one. Right, we've had like HD remasters and ports, but this is like, oh, here it is. Hmm. Okay, so so I mean th- that it sounds like that part works. It, it is pretty. Um, it, I mean, does it st- still feel like Kingdom Hearts? Is 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 it like doing anything new? Like, or is it just more of the same game? Just I mean, it's largely at? more of the same game. Uh, I guess the the, the thing that was uh, most different and almost a little concerning was uh, how often you would sort of trigger these like super special strong attacks that were maybe a little too strong, a little too special. And I mean, so like you know, like. You, you have, like, your magic spells and your normal attacks, and, like, the triangle button would kind of, like, do these context-sensitive, although what the context was wasn't very clear. Mm-hmm. But th- th- this would be, like, you summon, uh, like, uh, a, a magic train, like a, like a Disney ride, or suddenly you, Woody and Buzz, go on a rocket, and you fly around, and or you transform to a different thing, or your weapon turns into claws, right? All these different things. And if like, these things were just triggering... Constantly, and they all huh. looked really neat, but uh, like it, it was almost a little much. Like, okay, I want to just swing my sword around for a little bit now, please. It, did you feel like? Did you get the feeling like they they, they turned that up for? I was the demo? wondering if it was tuned up, and I'm kind of hoping it is because because in other Kingdom Hearts games, the way it works is you have like AP, and you can only like activate um, so many kind of abilities and stuff at a time. And I wanted, I am wondering, they just kind of like turn, you know, fire everything right. uh, in a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. But it, it seems like, man, like this stuff is, I mean, it's really neat. It's real flashy. And it, look, it all looks really pretty. Like, especially when you summon like Big Thunder Mountain and you're like, your train is flying around the Rock Titan while you're like shooting at it. It looks awesome. But I'm like, oh, this, I mean, is this stuff just going to happen like every five seconds? Right. I mean, it, it, I mean, is it the same animation every time? Is it that sort of thing where like it, it's happening over and over and it's the same exact thing? Yeah, it's the same thing. So yeah, so like, you know, seeing Woody and Buzz flying around on a rocket loses a bit of its luster the fifth time you see it. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm, I'm, I am getting into God of War. It clicked for me and it's it, oh, uh, like oh. one of the things that still bothers me though is the, those like uh, fatigue punches. Like when like you finally fatigue an enemy and you can attack them, it's often the same thing over and over again. And it's very, uh, that got boring right away, like hours ago. Um, so I try to avoid them if I, if I can. And that, those are just, those are kind of still pretty quick. Are these things, do these things just take a couple seconds? Are these things, they... A lot of them happen pretty quickly. At least it's not really a time. Yeah. Like that's not my big issue with it. It's okay. like, it's, it's like this uh, time thing, right? That's not really my issue. It's more about a pacing sort of balance kind of a, a not thing. getting to do the other things in combat, right? Like you know, like not getting to do the core of combat, right? Where yeah. you know, like imagine if in God of War you can push triangle like every fifteen seconds to like trigger like you know, like some giant whirlwind attack that kind of is much more effective than anything else you could do. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Any, any other thoughts about this? Like, I mean, how are you you went in looking forward to this game. You've been wanting to play it for a long time. How what was what was the feeling coming out of it? 
I mean, it was. I mean, there was a lot of glee just because this is a game I've been looking forward right. to playing for so long, and it was pretty. I mean, you know, like I'm still like I still get really excited when I'm like, man, there's Buzz Lightyear and Donald Duck like fighting the enemies of darkness next to each other. <laughs> you know, like the, the incidental dialogue where they're saying each other names. But also, there's a giant rainstorm just made in, so I'm sorry if you're hearing that against my window. Oh yeah, no worries. I was I was wondering, but I think I actually put two and two together when I started hearing the wind there. But yeah, I guess we got a storm coming in. But uh, it's okay. But man, I mean, it was super. It was super fun, and some of the stuff is really slick still. Like even though it's maybe a bit too too much sometimes, and they tune that down a little bit. I think it's fine. My yeah. other other concern was some of the pacing in terms of like the cutscenes. The cutscenes are generally kind of a little they feel a little slow just because it's usually a lot more dialogue than action in the cutscene because of the video game, all the actions the action. But there are also a lot of them. It feels like here's a scene of Woody, Buzz and Rex talking to you, then you have one battle. Here's another scene of people talking, here's another battle, that kind of thing. It, I mean but do you get the sense that like you are ready for them to just kind of ship this game without having to go back and, and like spruce up the cutscenes so that they edit out any of that downtime? Like, no, are you just ready for this game to come no, out? It can come out. I mean, that, that, that's always kind of been a kingdom Hearts thing. Anyway, right. So, so that's fine. One thing I'm really happy about is that like in this toy store world, it wasn't just like the story wasn't just a retelling of toy story. And now Sora, Donald Goofy are there, which has kind of been a problem. With some of the past games, like, I always used the Pirates of the Caribbean level in Kingdom Hearts 2 as an example. It was, it was a level I was really looking forward to. And it ended up being kind of boring because it's just like, there's all these cutscenes that are just retelling the story of the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but like, right. Sora is in the background. I mean, it's like, <laughs> so it's like, Pirates of the Caribbean with PlayStation 2 character models and sound alikes. I'm like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it sounds like they're going to deliver it and and you're ready for it. You just kind of want to get your hands on it now for the, the final version. Would, would you even like, like if there was another chance to play the game, maybe another level at E3, would you want to play it or are you just ready to get your hands on the final game? I mean, I'd rather just play it, but I I, I would. One thing for work's sake, you know, but uh, right, yeah. and stuff like that. But no, I, I would still want to try. I mean, the game is going to be so big. I, I imagine that it's, right. it's fine to like try another level here or there, but... Cool. Well, I'm sure it'll be garbage. I don't. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's not going to, it certainly isn't going to change anyone's mind, right? I'm not going right. to tell you, no. like, oh, man, you thought you didn't like Kingdom Hearts, but you're going to like this one. <laughs> no, it's it's like, that's maybe another way where it's the most Kingdom Hearts heart, Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah. Like, it's even, like, more ridiculous and all that stuff, right? Like, if you don't like Kingdom Hearts 1, you're not going to like any other Kingdom Hearts <laughs> Yeah, and I, I wouldn't expect them to try to change to win me over. That's not going to work. So just keep doing your thing, Kingdom Hearts. Um, Black Ops Four. Uh, this they had an an event in LA while you were there. Did you go to that? Is that why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about that. I didn't. I actually didn't even realize that you were there. Like, oh, well, I was again. there. I was okay. playing the King. I was playing all of that too. So wait, uh, did you? Were you there for like like the announcement event, like oh, their yeah. live stream? Were you as confused as I was, and what seemed like everyone else was? That was a very like. The event itself was very confusing, I thought. I didn't really understand what that game is. Uh, I wasn't confused. I was kind of like, you know, a little like, uh, uh, here, here we go again. With like, I mean, it was a very, like, um, generic, like, 
hype, uh, hype man game developer speak, right? This is yeah. the biggest Call of Duty ever, and you thought we would only do this thing, but it turns out we're also doing this. Did you not like that thing? Well, that's not here anymore, <laughs> right? Right, yeah, the the wall Which, jumping, or the yeah, wall running, and the, yeah, the, the thrust jumping, they're like, that's not even here. Get that shit the hell out of our video game. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get it. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're selling a video game. I'm yeah, no, like, yeah. So I don't begrudge them any of that. But like sitting there, it was a little uh, a little bit painful sometimes. And I do have I, – I had to laugh at how artfully they, like, dropped very quickly. Like, and there's no single-player campaign, but listen to this. Yeah, exactly. It was very very much the um, – and you're going to have to pay for multiplayer for uh, the PlayStation announcement where they got people to applaud that line back in yeah, 2013. Yeah, like, we have a season pass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no one wants – what? But, I mean, I, I do think it's funny that, like, you know, they, they obviously have a line ready to deflect criticism when they're like – you know, we're integrating the the story into all the modes this time, which right. it's silly because it's like deflecting the entire point of the argument. We're like, well, no, that's people aren't literally upset that there's not like a narrative. People are upset that there's not like a long term single player campaign of events to play through because they like right. to play that. So, I mean, you know, it's very obvious what the reasons for them doing that would be. There's, it's either they just decided not to because it's a waste of money, or that like. Some rumors suggested they just they tried to do one and it was falling apart, and now they don't have one ready. Right, like, and, and, and you know those two things can work together. It's fine. It's it's definitely not that they said. Wouldn't it be really interesting and exciting if instead of that we just like uh you know put it into all the other modes somehow? Right. Yeah. They've always had these sort of like narrative things going through their zombies things. They they just have three zombie modes now. That's the big. That's the big difference, and that's uh. I, I think that was one of the reasons I came out, and it was like that was kind of muddled. I didn't really get the tone of the game that I that they were selling there, just because you know they have these three different zombie modes, they have the multiplayer, and there was just no one thing to latch on to. Uh, Zombies does like more so than ever look like a completely different game in a lot yes. of ways, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I will say that they definitely sold the idea that there is a lot of stuff in the game still to justify the sixty dollar price tag, which is. Um, the thing I thought they would struggle to do without having a campaign, because even for people who don't play the campaign, there's like this mental thing of saying, oh, well, yeah, I mean, but if you're not, if you're going to take this whole section out of the game, why am I still paying the same price? Like, it's not the com- complete thing. Like, well, no, now we have three zombie modes all at once, all launching on the same day. So I, I, I'm like, OK, I guess that makes sense for people who like that stuff, whatever. I wasn't going to play the zombie mode or the campaign, really. So let's be honest. Uh, and I probably won't even play the multiplayer now. Right. Like, I can't. Yeah, I can't like summing up a lot of like rage or you know indignation because like you know right. am i gonna was i gonna play the campaign no but i do kind of like i guess my thing is to like don't don't try to pass this off as a good thing yeah god they have to do that but yes you're right i agree. you know and yeah i understand they have to but also you know there's uh there's battle royale so yeah it, you know blackout mode that, yeah. yeah that looks like that's nowhere near close to being shown we didn't even we didn't even play zombies which i kind of thought was a little surprising after all the lip service they gave it but uh, yeah so but they didn't even show like gameplay from the the battle royale mode and they aren't saying how many players are going to be in that mode so they are they've just announced it there's a name blackout mode and they've said you'll they say you'll be able to play as the characters from some of the zombie modes i guess um, and you'll of course be able to like customize your characters look. Uh, I will, we'll see how that turns out, but I mean, that's kind of all they've really provided in terms of information in terms of their battle Royale mode so far. Um, but you did get to play the multiplayer that that's right. That's what yeah, you I like actually got hands on player on console oh. and PC. 
I get yeah, I guess real quick we could talk about like they are getting serious about the PC again at least in terms of like the in terms of the lip service and they're putting it on battle.net uh which I thought was um I thought that was inevitable. Uh, they're, you know, giving thirty percent to Steam on that when they don't have to be when they have this huge thing that everyone already has because of Hearthstone and and World of Warcraft and Diablo or whatever. Uh, so and you know in Over- Overwatch and if a bunch of people playing Overwatch, maybe they want to try the new military shooter. Okay, probably not, but you know at least they already have it installed and there's a chance you could just sell it to them. Um, but you played it on PC. How did it run? Like, how, like was it just... PC version ran really well. Yeah, I bet. I thought. I thought it looked really good. Uh, it definitely... I definitely enjoyed playing it on PC more. I mean, part of that is because I have been playing shooters almost exclusively on PC. Right. Like, ever since Overwatch. Yep, same here. To the point where I'm like... Like, sadly, when we, we can only capture on the console version. I think that's what we uploaded. And I think some of my gameplay is on there. And I was, like, using control for the first time. And I, I don't think that people were kind to me about that. You were watching that video. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there there it was. Yep, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, I mean, you're going to play it like when it comes out? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it, it, it was kind of fun. And they, so I, I did like some of the, the things they did to it that was, uh, that were different. I liked, uh, I liked how you have to kind of actually manually do the healing that seemed to sort of add another, at least like some kind of a layer of intricacy right. to it. I know the last Black Ops had these specialists, which are basically hero classes, but I kind of liked that. Again, this is because, you know, maybe I like Overwatch, but I sort of liked that there was these different characters that have, like, a short cooldown ability that would, like, give you a small effect, and then a long cooldown ability. So, like, the one character could have, like, a grapple thing, right, that would kind of propel him forward a bit, and then he would also have, like, this slammed down, like, massive kind of area of effect thing that would kill anybody around him. I kind of yeah. thought that stuff was sort of fun. Like, because, you know, it gives you tools to play around. It, it gives you tools to play with, and you also have to play around other things. Mm-hmm. Now, I think some people maybe just want a more pure, you know, Call of Duty thing, but yeah, for mean, someone like me who's been kind of bored of that any already, I, I sort of like that stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think they're getting on this, this cadence where if you want the more boot like the complete boots on the ground traditional soldier thing boots on the ground exactly boots on the ground world war 2 is still there for you guys uh yeah that people could just go back and still play that game it's not going to go anywhere they're still going to have new content for world war 2 and you could just stick with that for 3 years until the next game from sledgehammer comes out or something um and then they can have the, the this game that has you know maybe a focus on these specialists and and mixing up gameplay that way from Treyarch and then Modern Warfare Four, which is I guess the rumor for the next game coming out next year from Infinite Warfare or Inf- Infinity War, uh, they could they you know they could do something else they could maybe go back and do something a little little bit more sci fi that doesn't seem likely anymore but they could they they could uh, and then you know just kind of go on these three year rotations where it's a, a different variety of Call of Duty. That you know these subsets of fans can get into and spend their time with uh, and spend their money on in terms of microtransactions and yeah I don't know um, I, I, I I'm kind of I'm curious to get my hands on that game maybe at E3 try to try it out for myself and see if I can. it is very pretty even on I played on PlayStation 4 Pro and PC on both it was running really well yeah. they, they were using some pretty colors and stuff even you know. Uh, you definitely can't use the old like Call of Grey or Grey of Duty jokes anymore. Oh no, yeah, no, they, yeah. They definitely done better there. Yeah, for sure. Um, the day we're recording this, uh, this is a, what, what Tuesday. Uh, Battlefield Five will have its reveal tomorrow, so we'll know a lot more about that then. 
Um, almost certain it is World War II. Uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we have some other details we'll be able to share then. So uh, come back come back tomorrow on uh, gamesbeat.com for that info, info, and we'll probably talk about it on the podcast next week. But I, I will be interested to see how these games go head-to-head and how they match up in terms of all these different uh, these different features and like where they're focusing their efforts in terms of their live services and things. Um, so yeah, real quick, I, I've been playing uh, State of Decay 2, which I... Am getting into. I think I'm starting to like really let it take over me uh, because it's one of those games where if if it doesn't get its hooks in, I, I could see myself bouncing off. But uh, I, I'm starting to get into that that um, that flow of going out to these different outposts and these different houses, finding gear, bringing it back, uh, putting you know putting that gear towards certain missions or objectives, like improving the infirmary or whatever, uh, and then just going back and doing that all over again. I think I'm. I think the game's out now today, um, and I'm gonna see if people want to start playing multiplayer because uh, I think that could like really uh, bring it together. I do wish it was more than four players, but I get that they've that the way that they balance this game. It's not that like, it can't be like some massive community of player characters all working together. You can't have like thirty people in there. Uh, that makes sense. Although I, I still think that's what I would want from a game like this. But um, I'm gonna get give it a little bit more time uh, and see if it can really. Like really, kind of get its hooks into me, but so far it, it has been doing a good job of at least making me want to come back and get back into it. I do kind of admit I really have little interest in it myself. Yeah, I mean, it's a very specific kind of game. It's not it's not a narrative single player adventure in any way. You know, it's it is this systems based thing uh, where you're you know you have these certain needs because of these certain characters, and everyone can die and. You know, you only have certain like so many slots in your group, and you have to accomplish certain things. And if you already have, like, if you already have like a medic or something, and you come across another survivor and it's another medic, like you're gonna have to just tell them no because you don't have space. Like you have, like it would just be another mouth to feed, not contributing. Uh, so it gives you a lot of interesting choices. Wow. Okay, Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome to the fur <laughs> grub edition. Um, yeah, it's, uh, um, it's. It's it's rough. It, may, it forces you to make these tough decisions, uh, and it's not like, but it's not like the tough decisions of a Walking Dead, where it's these these very set things where it's like, oh, someone's going to remember that. It's all produced by the the, the systems, uh, and yeah, that's not exactly uh, going to be for everybody. Okay, um, so I've also been playing God of War, and I like I said, it clicked. Oh, uh, finally! Yeah, I went back. Uh, I was, was it- kind of, go ahead. No, well, no, was I, there a point where it, did you do something? Did you get to a specific point in the game? Like so did something dramatic happened, or it just kind of clicked suddenly? I I think like what was happening was I was putting in an hour here, an hour there, and I was like upgrading my characters and getting them, uh, you know, to be maybe more interesting. But uh, I think this last time I went back, um, I, I I picked them up and they were just they already were fun to play with because they already had all these abilities. And the combat was starting to feel more dynamic uh, instead of like where I left it off at where I, you know, I played for a little bit and I did the upgrading and then I put the controller down and was just like, oh, okay. And I'm glad I'm like, okay, now I picked it back up. It's like, oh, okay, no, this is actually fun. If I would have just kept pushing on for a little bit longer last time, I probably would have been, you know, a lot happier with where, like where I left it. Um, Also, like I'm starting to get the idea of like, of, uh, unfolding and and unfurling this world where I am getting the abilities to do more of the things that unlock more of these 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 side areas that have been cordoned off because I didn't have the right ability 
and and now that that's starting to be pieced together uh, slowly, it's starting to feel like a, a, a world that I can get my hands around and really do something with instead of just a. Uh, it's, yeah, instead of it just being like this long slog of, okay, I can't do that. I'll come back later, but who knows when I'll come back. Um, I'm starting to get the idea of like, okay, this is the pace at which I will be returning to these areas uh, and being able to explore them. And that's, it's, it's, it's something that's kind of set out in a nice way that I can understand. Um, okay. Uh, actually, so not an 80 anymore. Not, no, probably not, but it's not a, not a 90 either. It's kind of, it's, it's still somewhere in the, in that range. Uh, I wish it didn't take this long for, for, I think it does start slow. Um, I, I think it does. That's, but yeah, whatever. Oh, you're allowed to be wrong sometimes. That's okay. Okay, Mike. So today was NPD day. Um, I, I mean, video games, they, they sell. Turns out people want to buy that, that stuff, that, that That's crap, strange. that junk, that garbage. Garbage. The garbage. Um, so yeah, sales were up overall eighteen percent from uh, last year. Uh, but I mean, the big story I, th- I think is pretty easy. It's God of War, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I I would go so far as to call God of War a system seller. Uh, that the game sold exactly well. On what its, it is. Oh, yeah. Sold it sold well on its own, but it sold a ton of PlayStations. PlayStation Four was the uh, top selling console for the month uh, as a platform. You know that encompasses like Pro and Slim and all those. Um, even if the the Nintendo Switch, the 32 gigabyte neon version, I think had was the best selling like individual SKU bundle or whatever um, in terms of units sold, uh, but no, that it, it was PlayStation's month because of God of War. Uh, uh, you, I know you wrote you wrote the story about it. Was there like any like particular standout stat about like this God of War? Yeah, God of War had the best debut month in the U.S. for a PlayStation exclusive, not a PlayStation Four exclusive, exclusive, a PlayStation platform exclusive. It beat out Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which came out like 2004 for the uh, PlayStation 2. So this like historic performance for God of War. Yeah, people wanted this game something fierce. This is a th- yeah. It's kind of it feels like we're not in the age of system sellers anymore, but clearly we are. Clearly we are. Like it's just so plainly obvious that games like this matter so much, and yeah, this proves it. I mean, PlayStation 4 was already a very successful. Uh, platform, so that helps a game like this sell. But then on top of that, it was just mi- people yeah. going out to buy it, get new hardware for it. Yeah, no, there's. I think yeah, I think that whole you know not the agent system seller. Like you know, it's because we see systems that seem to do well with with maybe without the super strong exclusive like the Xbox One. But mm-hmm. this is definitely up in PlayStation Four. But I think that Switch got off to such a strong start largely because of Breath of the Wild, and then having that Mario Odyssey kind of one two punch. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think those things. So like, Sony has been really good with the PlayStation Four, especially the last couple of years of having this one kind of big system selling exclusive that kind of comes out in this like right, for second quarter. Months. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, 2016 was Uncharted Four, then we had a Horizon last year, and right. now we have this. And all of those did really well, and this one did best out of all of them. It, it makes sense. Like there was a lot of pent up demand for this series to come back. It also looked amazing it reviewed really well well i mean it was this kind of unique thing where they were able to say like, look god of war fans the new god of war here is also look all you people who don't like god of war this one's different <laughs> you know so it's like everyone's got to try it yep and it, it worked out and also uh, ended up being real good so you know yeah that do- that doesn't hurt it turns out it turns out that really helps um so other big names on this list, Far Cry 5 was number two. I, I, it came out in April, like early April, I think. Uh, it, it might have been late March. Either way, though, it was number two on the list. MLB The Show uh, 18, that was number three. And then number four, the Labo Variety Kit. 
So, yeah, not, I guess not too surprising uh, that it was on the list. I think maybe number four was a bit high, but yeah, that's that's pretty good. Pretty good showing. It. Yeah, it made it on there. Um, Nintendo actually has a couple of the, the, the spots here throughout the top ten. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the Switch. Uh, well, actually, that's across the board because they actually uh, combined the sales from the Wii U version and the <laughs> let's, Switch. Let's assume there weren't very many Wii U sales. Yeah, so that was a fun stat from uh, Matt Piscatella at MPD, MPD Group. He says it went from being like 794th best-selling in March to number five in April. So, yeah, Switch doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. Sure, sure. Uh, but if people went out to pick up Donkey Kong, it looks like they also got Mario Kart 8 right alongside that. Uh, that, at number six, Mario Kart Eight uh, for the Switch quickly turning into like its Grand Theft Auto Five, where it's going to be like right here in the middle of this list, I think, for a very long time because Grand Theft Auto Five is right up is next is yeah. at number seven. Well, I mean, it, it, well, it's like not surprising because the Mario Kart game for the Nintendo system usually does that, but it's it's interesting this time because this is the like Wii U port Mario Kart, right? Right. It still makes me like wonder, like, does, when is the Mario Kart Nine? Does it even need that? No, we need Star Star Fox Grand Prix, Mike. We need the oh, new yeah. Star Fox racer from Retro, which maybe we could talk about in news. Um, yeah. So then, after Grand Theft Auto Five at number seven, at number eight we have uh, World War Two Call of Duty, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, more Nintendo at number nine, and then NBA Two K eighteen at ten. Uh, the list goes to twenty. There's you know a few other things. I mean, just but a lot, a lot of games from like uh, the last couple of months and then uh, continual, continual setter, sellers like uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, things like that. Um, Yakuza, Sea of Thieves down to 18 on this list. Uh, so st- still selling, but yeah, I that's think most people... That's kind, of, that's kind of a bit of a drop. I mean, yeah, it's gonna compared be to like things like Monster Hunter, which we seem to be having longer lives. Yeah, but it, it's like if you're going to get that game why, at this point, why not just do that $10 or, or you know, that free month trial Pass, Game sure. Pass thing? So it makes sense. I, it's hard to read too much into that. But you're right. It's, it, it is a, a drop that we have to at least pay attention to. Um, I, the, you know, there's some other stuff that they, uh, they pointed out here, the MPD did. I, I, I will say... Uh, Matt Pescatella on his Twitter feed had some other interesting things. So remember, it was either last month or the month before that where he's like, there's there's this weird uh, thing where one copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Game Gear got sold at Toys R Us. Um, <laughs> or not Toys R Us, just like he doesn't even know where it was from. But he's like, yeah, that was crazy. So he's like been obsessed with this stuff ever since. And he has started putting together best-selling games for select historical platforms ranked on dollar sales. So let, let's just go through these real quick. Um Dreamcast. Uh, do you want to you want to wager a guess, Mike? At the what the best selling Dreamcast game for April twenty eighteen? Yes. Oh gosh, I don't know. Sonic Adventure two. No, Disney Magical Racing. That, just, <laughs> I loved that game. <laughs> that's to give you. I, I think yeah, it's got to be just like collectors, right? Like saying, oh man, that game's actually worth something now. Um, but that that, that gives you. An I idea don't think that game is worth anything now. Is it? I have no idea. I mean, I, if it is, I like to know. I got it somewhere. That game is super <laughs> weird because it's like Chip and Dale in their Rescue Rangers outfits, and then like a bunch of like other random characters, maybe made for the game in kind of Disney World inspired tracks. You can see why I liked it. Yeah, I can. Wait, Chip and Dale had other outfits other than Rescue Rangers. Well, they're they're usually just naked, right? Rescue Rangers was That's the right. first time they had like clothes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm like I totally know that they were outside of Rescue Rangers, but I always just think of them in those clothes. But we don't need to go down this hole. Um, 
For the Game Boy Advance, it was Revenge of Shinobi, the Super NES, uh, NHL 1996, which I think is a weird one, but whatever. Um, N64 was California Speed, which I honestly don't even know what that is. Um, NES Wizardry 2. Wizardry uh, 2. Yeah, no, that's not bad. Uh, PS1 Chrono, Chrono Cross, which might be like the, well, okay, I was going to say it might be the best game on the list, but... Uh, PS2 was uh, Persona 3 Fez. That actually so, makes sense. Like people like oh, still yeah. want to play that. People are still going to just be buying that for real. Like they're probably still printing copies of that game. Honestly, um, Saturn Andretti Racing and Xbox, the original Xbox, Otogi 2 Immortal. So Otogi yeah. 2 e- what? I Im- know. I don't know Immortal. That. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the name Otogi, but I have, I have no familiarity with that series beyond its name. Um, so yeah, that it's an interesting list right there. Um, I, if there's any other standout stuff, I, I mean, I guess the, I wrote a couple stories. One was just, uh, that Fortnite really helped game card sales to the point where people and game cards being those like currency gift card things where people go give cash to GameStop and they get money they can go spend on microtransactions or whatever, uh, that spending on those cards reached an all time high, uh, in April. And yeah, it was all Fortnite. It's people just wanting to get that battle pass that launched in early April. So it, it makes sense. That's just a uh, a powerful game that is causing things to sell better than ever before. Um, yeah, okay. So I think we can move into the regular news rundown since we just nailed MPD. Anything else from that, Mike, that you want to talk about? Or are you good to go? Oh, I'm good to go. All right. All right. So let's talk about this. Uh, accessibility. It seems like a thing Microsoft cares about. Uh, it's something they've definitely talked about for a long time. Uh, Phil Spencer has always kind of at least paid lip service to it. And now they are you know, putting their, their money and their hardware where their mouth has been. Um, they've introduced the Xbox adaptive controller. Uh, you, have you seen this thing? This thing's yes. pretty cool. It looks really neat. Yeah. So it's like this really well-designed piece of like industrial hardware, this uh, consumer electronics device with, uh, I think there's a, like a, a, maybe an analog stick on the left side. I'm having trouble remembering it, but I know there's two it's giant like D pad. Yeah. yeah D pad. And there's two giant, like, touch buttons on the right that look like, uh, you know, giant DJ discs or whatever. Um, and those are, I think, p- completely programmable. But then on the back of the device are 19 3.5 millimeter, like headphone style jacks. Uh, this is apparently a very common sta- standard for accessibility devices where people know if they're going to make something uh, that needs to work with people who have disabilities. Uh, this is a standard where if you build a tool for them, you could use this 3.5 millimeter jack and it will sh- it should work on, on just about any sort of other device that works with these things. Um, and so people can then plug in whatever they want into these jacks and they can they can map that to certain buttons and certain actions. So like you can um, for an for an example, you can plug in this little device that can tell if you're blowing or not. And if a person who is a, like a quadriplegic and they can't really move and they can only blow, they can blow on a ver- like a variety of these devices to hit the A button or hit the B button. And they can now have full access to playing an Xbox game or a PC game because it works on both. Uh, I, think the, I think the controller is uh, $200. And that is a, a big breakthrough because a lot of times these devices have to be custom made. And that can get really expensive really fast. And so this is kind of a breakthrough to like really open up this market and make it uh, viable for just about anyone to get in there. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think of anything snarky or negative to say about this one. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of a cool thing, right? Yeah, it's just good like, job. yeah, seriously, like well done. But uh, and kind of thank you. I guess. Okay. Now I'm about to do it. Um, but like go, Microsoft go. is so good at this, at these kind of things, these services, these right. kind of um, 
like, uh, not niche products, but like products that like you want to think of like like this or the pro controller, right? Yeah, they're like, very they're very thoughtful about like the way people right. are using their it, products. It really is the only thing they're lagging on is first party games. But other than that, like they, I mean, and I think this stuff is what is helping them still compete, right? This, that they right. have this care, that you know, things like backwards compatibility. That you know, they are smart with with a lot of things they do. Yeah, I mean, it shows that they are putting in an effort and they're putting in a lot of thought. Uh, and if they were to do that sort of same sort of thing when it comes to making games for the Xbox, wow, what couldn't they do? It feels like so. Why not just do that? Now, but, what would you think if Sony just had one of these soon? Because like at one hand, it's like oh, they're copying Microsoft. The other hand, it's like wow. yeah, well, you know, now more people can also play those games. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I I would hope that they would do it soon, and I would I would expect Microsoft to be like, thanks, this is great. I'm glad you guys are doing it too. Let's all get on the same standards. I would expect Microsoft to be right there with him saying, yes, this is not, honestly, we were never expecting to like make money from this. So like, yeah, totally. That'd be great. Um, okay. So here, I, I didn't really order this list. So let me actually like, okay, here's a, here's a big one. Oh. Epic games is putting $100 million. 100 doc, million. Dr. Evil style to fund the prize pools for its Fortnite esports competitions over the next like year and a half. Basically the 2018-2019 season of its uh esports season for Fortnite. That's uh that's an entirely too much money, Mike. It gives you an idea of how much money they've been making right? in Fortnite that they're just like, "Uh, let's put 100 million back into it, I guess." Yeah. Just just like, yeah, like they must be making so, I mean, we know that they're making a lot just based on, like, where they rank on the mobile store and from how much people are playing. Like, you could could sort of extrapolate a little bit. But this just, I think, puts it into stark terms. Just like, okay, wow, they are willing to market their, their game through esports with this huge investment. Uh, to put it in perspective, the next, like, the, the top 10 esports games... Uh, if you combine all of their prize pools, it was only something like $94 million last year. So this is more than all of those combined. Um, it seems like an absurd amount of money. It is. Like, there's no getting around it. This is just an absurd amount of money. Uh, I think that they're going to have to have, like, a big, like, international-style, like, one big event where there's the biggest prize pool and then, like, probably three or four majors. And then they'll probably have to fund a bunch of other little ones between all that stuff. Man, I mean, uh, I'm not an expert. It's hard for me to imagine how you get $100 million back. It's just an investment in esports. Oh, you don't. You don't. It's marketing. Yeah. Because, like, I think, like, that. that's that's the idea here is that if you are looking around and you're spending more than the other top ten games combined on one game, you are completely admitting that we're not going to make – this is not a money-making venture, esports. It is just a way to keep people – who are spending money engaged in the game when they can't play it, or if they start falling off because they like, because the, you know, maybe the, the, the experience gets slightly repetitive. Esports is a good way to make them say, oh, wow, look at all these interesting ways that my favorite players are putting the game, you know, through its paces. I, I'm really, I want to get back into it now. So, yeah, it's totally just marketing, without a doubt. Um, let's see here. Uh, so, Valve did this weird thing last week where it sent out a message to, a handful of developers um, that said, hey, we're going to need to take your game down unless you change it by the end of May. And all of these games were adult-themed, mature-themed in nature. That means they, that means they dealt with sexual themes and <gasps> may, may have displayed actual, actual sexuality. <gasps> um, that's right. Let's We're all Puritans here, so we all have to gasp. <gasps> children! Oh, no. Only Yes, only children on Steam. And then 
so they said, yeah, take it down, change it, or we're going to take it down in like two weeks, basically. Um, and every game that had this, that got this message was of a certain type. It was all these anime style visual novel games that were, uh, you know, that used the cartoon Japanese style animation. Because uh, a lot of people immediately pointed out that uh, adult themed, mature themed scenes from games like The Witcher 3. And, you know, any Rockstar game, none of those were taken down or threatened to be taken down by, by Valve. That's, that's uh, tasteful Western sex. Jeff. That's right. We, and we know the difference here because it's, that's just, you know, we do that because we have to. That has to be in the game to tell the truth yeah. of stories yeah. uh, as opposed to these these cartoon boobs, which are just there. As, yeah, it's right. And they're, they're from Satan himself. <laughs> Satan lives in Japan. He's a very good artist. Um, <laughs> so these, my favorite story of the year already. Yeah, it's it's, it's so it's it's bizarre, uh, and it's very much counter to what Valve was saying like early, since early last year, where it's like we don't want to get in the way of players and the store. We want them to be able to have access to the games they want to have access to, and we don't want to decide for them. So they came out. So we're deciding for everybody that these games aren't okay to be purchased, which is you know uh, you know it's weird. Uh, it got stranger though because. Honey Pop, which is one of these developers that has been very open with their customers, saying what like telling them what's happening here, said that Valve sent them a notice that it was sent in air, or that it was, or that they are not necessarily going to take it down, or that they have to take it down, but they are re-reviewing the games right now. So we 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 are sto- we're in this limbo space where we don't know what's going to happen, but it seems clear that someone within Valve was has changed their minds uh, when it comes to these games because they have allowed them up until this point. A lot of developers said they worked very closely with Valve and the people that approve the games to, to make sure that they abided by every terms of service that developers, developers have to agree to. So they were allowed on there. So someone's like getting cold feet or maybe their laws have changed somewhere. You imagine that it's this weird. is like the kind of thing that like, it's probably not an everybody's on board that kind of thing. Right. You can oh, imagine yeah. there's the people at Valve who are like, this is smart. And people are like, well, you know, we have this game that does it and people should be able to, you know, buy what they want. Yeah, no, to- I, I, that's, I think you were absolutely right. I'm sure there's people that always hate the idea of these sort of, I mean, a lot of people just call them booby games. They're booby games. Like they're games, where you you play them just so you could see some cartoon boobies. Sure. And and, and that I think there's going to be people that say that shouldn't be what our store is about. It shouldn't be what our store is for. Our store should be for real games. But, you know, this goes back to when I, I was at Valve in, like, March 2017, and they brought up visual novels as an example of why they can't be trusted to curate, curate their own store. They're like... You know, the person that has 25 visual novels in their library, they're going to they're wanting us to put more of those on the store. Uh, And it's so hard for us to be like, this one is good and this one's bad. And this one like meets the standard and this one doesn't Uh, because, you know, the line for us is different from for the line for everyone else or the person that likes these games a ton. Uh, So it's just better if we step back from that that kind of uh, qualitative and, you know, and curative uh, process and just say we'll try to get as much on the store as we can and then we'll improve the tools for surfacing games that you might like and you might want to spend money for and it's like a lot of people hated that idea they, they hate the idea of a non-curated steam but you know it was it was what valve wanted to do at least and this is counter to that so who who knows like what they're really thinking right now yeah and i think i saw one of those studio think mag Manga gamer, whatever is is already getting a deal with GOG now. So right, yeah, there, there are there are definitely alternatives, but 
you know, the, the reason that this is a, a, a scary prospect, I think, for a lot of these developers is that the, the Valve, Steam's market, you know, share is so large that if you take Steam out of the equation, the addressable market for v- visual novels uh, significantly shrinks to the point where the mar- like it doesn't make, make a lot of sense to make a lot more of these games going forward, at least in, in, at a certain you know, ratio or a certain rate or you know, at a certain investment level where it's like, okay, they're going to be cheaper, they're going to look bad, uh, they're not going to advance, they're just going to be the same thing that we know sells over and over. So... Yeah, it's 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 a scary thing for the people making those games. So I get why they are trying to you know be upfront and get their their customers in a bit of an uproar to say, hey, Valve, what's going on? And you know, Valve, of course, as is characteristic, uh, has been pretty silent on what this means beyond responding to Honey Pop and I in a confusing manner. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In general, the response is limited and confusing. Yep. And, and I think it's a pretty good, like, that just kind of applies to almost every response whenever Valve or Steam is in the crosshairs of something that's going on that we don't fully understand. So, yeah, characteristic. Um, Okay, yeah, so more more kind of bad news. Uh, I, this is not something I ever used, but I know a lot of people were very into it. Uh, Best Buy has ended its Gamer Club Unlocked program. This was its loyalty program where I think you paid a, a yearly fee or maybe a monthly fee. Uh, and it was relatively affordable, and then you would get 20% off on new game purchases, I believe, as long, maybe as long as you pre-ordered. It's similar to the way Amazon Prime works, but it was, you, you know, it was, you go to the store, you could pick them up. Uh, it, it was a, a pretty good deal, according to most people that used that. I've been all digital for a while now, so it's, like, not my jam. Uh, but, yeah, this, uh, they, they didn't really explain why they were changing it. They just sort of ended I mean, it and pulled it one. There only be one reason. The margins must have been bad, right? Like, the only reason you would do something like that is... Because you want to get people into your store that badly, which obviously Best Buy does because, you know, they thought people right. aren't going to stores anymore. So the, the thinking was, well, people will buy this, they'll come in our store, they'll buy it, like other games, they'll also get other things. I'm guessing that enough people weren't buying the other things. Like people were probably just like getting this and going to like, Best Buy, buying a lot of games, saving money, and Best Buy wasn't really seeing a good return on it. That's just... Then, no, that's what I assume must be happening. That that seems like the simplest explanation. So it's probably the likeliest. Uh, I will say that I I have heard that uh, in Canada they ended this. Uh, excuse me, they ended this a while ago because they changed their like their credit card uh, company and their like the company that runs their Best Buy store card and the store card rewards uh, had they shifted so much that they got in the way of of Game Club Unlimited in Canada and then. This change in America came very quickly after something similar happened here in terms of a change of a credit card company processor or whatever. So there could be some there could be something there, but I, I think what you what you said if, if there if it was making money or if it was working, they probably would have found a way to keep it around even if they were changing their credit card company or whatever. Um, hmm, let's see here. So a couple other uh, like game things, like specifically related to game announcements or game delays. Shenmue 3 has been delayed to 2019, Mike. What? How devastated are you? I, I can't believe it. I'm, I've never been this shocked. <laughs> yeah. Was so, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I kind of forgot that they ever said it was coming out in 2018. Yeah, I'm not really expecting it this year. Yeah, it was. It, that's funny because they definitely said it was coming out in 2017 at some at like certain points. So, yeah, uh, that game will come out at some point, but it's going to, I feel like 2019 is still unlikely. It will probably be delayed again. Um, I mean, those games are big. Anyhow, they're, you know, probably a small team. 
So yeah, when, when did they announce this? Was 2015 when they announced it, right? Well, uh, when yeah, they I did think the Kickstarter, so, the big one. It was, just, it was yeah. like that same year with uh, Final Fantasy Final VII Fantasy remake, and yeah, a lot of those big announcements. Yeah, well, the the other one was uh, the Last Guardian. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, it just seems uh, Last Guardian did come out, huh? People didn't seem to care too much. Yeah, it came out. It was a December launch. It was just you know, it was it was fine. It was an okay game. It was no sh- like Shadow of the Colossus in terms of like what it meant for gaming. Um, uh, another here's another weird one. Uh, what are you going to be doing in the year 2021, Mike? Dying. I think so. that's probably my, those are my plans as well. <laughs> it's so far in the future that we will, I'm, I'm going to be dust, be here, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that is when let's see here. That's when the GSC Game World, I think it's the developer, is planning to release the sequel to Stalker. Uh, Stalker 2 is coming out in 2021. They announced this last week. Uh, the, 2021! Got, yes, 2021. Mark your calendar! Right! Uh, so, and, and it basically, the announcement was, I am declaring to the world that we are making Stalker 2. Isn't and, that... There's no better way to make sure that your game's not even going to make that year, right? Yes, like, exactly. I just saw the minimum came out then, though. Yeah. So, clearly, it wasn't in development until last week. Like, obviously, that's what's happening here, right? Because... If your game is like any, like in any shape, like if it's runnable in any state, you're like, okay, we can make 2019, 2020. Why not? If you're saying 2021 and you announce it like, oh, we are going to make this game. It wasn't, you weren't making this game like a month ago. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a weird one. Also, Stalker, if it, I guess people might not know, uh, Stalker is a, uh, a PC gaming franchise where you, uh, it's like an open world game. It's like one of these early ones from, well, not, not necessarily very early, but it's from like 2008 and it was very atmospheric. It has you like exploring this like desolate world of Chernobyl. Um, and it, and it established a lot of the gameplay mechanics that, uh, you know, systems based open world games like far cry two and Zelda breath of the wild explored in other ways, uh, years later. And it's still beloved and it's so beloved that it seems like a sequel is going to have a hard time living up to it amongst the people that loved it. But who knows? They, they could like this could be the breakout game where it's like, oh, and we're going to release it for console as well. And it's going to sell tons and tons. So it, it, I get why they want to do it. But, man, that announcement is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. <laughs> so, God, I, there's just some weird news this week, like Sony ending the production of physical PlayStation Vita games. <laughs> they were making p- physical PlayStation <laughs> Vita games. Uh, Stardew Valley just had its Vita release date like announced a little bit ago. Yeah, and that that would get a physical release, right? Probably. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I guess it did. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Don't ask me to say what's happening with the Vita. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they, yeah, they were still making those physical games. Like I get why you would release something digitally. I but... mean, if, yeah, yeah. If anything was the death knell for the Vita, and it was already dying, like the Switch coming out really was. Oh yeah. I mean, the Switch is, it's almost more of a successor to the Vita than it is to the 3DS. Yes. For, yeah, it definitely feels like the next the next step in that process right there. But um, yeah, I, that system just doesn't make sense a lot anymore. Like, I, Stardew Valley is coming out for it. There's some other games that will hit it. I think there was another, like, indie game that was announced recently that was exciting that was like, and we're on everything including Vita. So, like, clearly there's an audience that's still buying games for that system, but... Not it's much not one. right. It's not much of one. I can't imagine it's much of one to justify keeping physical games around. And they aren't even selling new hardware for that system anymore. So it's like, okay, yeah, pull the plug on the da- on the damn thing. 
Um, we, we talked about Black Ops Four, so we don't have to go, get into that. But uh, they, you know, they showed that off. It was, you know, it's definitely the start of E3 season. That that was probably the big kickoff of E3. Yeah, okay. it felt like it. It had the yeah. kind of big stage thing with the obnoxiously loud audio in person. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I was glad. Like I, I, I didn't want to be the person who sounded old and complain about the volume. But I was at the end, I was like, was that obnoxiously loud? But like, oh yeah. It is. Yes, definitely. It always is. God. I'm going to bring earplugs to E3 this year because I'm getting old, too. Uh, I, I, but I heard Laurel, Laurel. I don't know if we talked about this much. <laughs> oh, I heard Laurel, so I think my No, Yanni, for sure. Oh, my God. It's, first of all, like every scientific breakdown is heard Laurel, but we don't need to get into that. People played for like Google, like the Google like assistant thing, and and um, Siri and everything. Everything heard Laurel, so I'm, the robots. Maybe, maybe I'm a robot. Well, I'm just glad to be with the robots for once. I'm on the robot side <laughs> for once. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It always feels like I'm always you know, with those robots. Yeah, Mike Minotti always with those robots. Yeah. Since day um, one, yo. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it comes when it comes time, I'll just be like, I heard Laurel too, and we'll bond, and they won't yeah, really they won't eat me if that's what robots do. <laughs> um. Last news story. This is uh, another odd one. Uh, Resident Evil Seven Cloud version coming to the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> so uh, this this sounds like it's only happening in Japan, but in two days, May twenty fourth, there will be Resident Evil Seven on the Nintendo Switch store. You can download it and you can play it from the cloud. It will be streaming. Uh, I mean, I tell you what, if that works, it sure does solve a lot of problems for the Switch, huh? Yeah, it uh, makes a whole lot of sense. problems, but you know what I mean. Right, yeah, I mean, but it's like, okay, we see a pathway to get some of these these big games that would do well on the Switch if they ran onto the Switch. Now, of course, you have to be, you know, within a network that can handle it. But, f- I mean, f- like, I guess for one, I play my, my Switch most of the time at home, like far more than anywhere else. Like 95% of the time I'm playing my Switch, I'm, I'm at home. Uh, and then, you know, that other 5%, we're not that far away, especially in Japan, from having 5G networks. So... You know, 5G is going to be better than most home, home internet um, with, like, a really low latency that, that can support this sort of thing. Tether it to your phone, and that's, you know, that could work, too. So there, there's some potential here uh, that that we'll see if it works, but I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of am still just going to, like, hold off on investing in, in any cloud things for a while because let's just wait and see. Um, but I, I guess it's nice that it's just one game and you don't have to like buy into a service. Like it's like, if you want a Resident Evil seven cloud version, you can get it and it'll, it'll, it'll either work or it won't. And you know, and you won't have to buy any other cloud games from, you know, for the switch. Um, you know, related to this story, actually EA just bought Gamefly's game streaming service, which if people didn't know, Gamefly tried to do the Netflix thing and had, in addition to their, you know, rent by mail service, they had a game a game streaming service that was on, uh, you know, Amazon Fire TV and iOS and Android, and now EA, EA has bought that, and we'll see if they turn that into anything. Seems like every give a couple of years, we hear about these investments in cloud gaming, and then they kind of like die with anything. Yeah. they come back. Remember a Shinra company and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, on live, God, I mean, on live was sold over and over and over, and then finally, like Sony just went up and put a gun to its head in 2015. It's like, give us your patents, and we'll put you out of your misery. And yeah, that was that. Um, man, on live was like 2010, so we've been we've been dealing on with this. Li- they were talking about on live on one of yours, I feel like. Right. That yeah. was like 2005. On live's like, been around. You, oh no, yeah, yeah. They forever. first like ever. Yeah, the 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 company started in like 2003. 
And I think they were like, they were always promising it for a while. And then it finally like launched in the late last decade or something like that. And yeah, it just never took off. I think even if it, even when it worked for people, it just, I think people don't like the idea of not owning the games on their system right there, right next to them. So yeah, I don't know. I think EA could make it work though with like origin or uh, origin access and EA access. If it's like, look, you can either download the game or you could stream it from the cloud. It's your choice. Uh, but you're paying one fee and that's it. Like you're just paying for EA access and you have access to this entire library of games and you could put them on your hard drive if you want. But if you leave and you want to play them on your phone, maybe, and you have a controller to do it, well, here's another option. So there's potential there, but we'll see. Um, Mike, th- that's going to wrap up the news. It's going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, I think we should get the hell out of here. Let's do it. Yeah, man, you uh, are you in a mental state now for E three after after Judges Week? Are you like completely prepped to like actually do this damn thing? Sure, I'm fine. I, I never seem to get as anxious about E three as a lot of the other game journals. I, I, I'm like the weird person who gets anxious about GDC for some reason. E three is fun for me, but yeah, yeah, E three is definitely fun once I'm there. It's just the the getting that schedule put it's together fun. in a way that yeah, just like okay, once that's in place, and I, I've been working hard this year to make sure I get it done like earlier than I normally do. I've, uh, I've got most of it put in place. So uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling better about it than in past years. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it to, uh, as well. It doesn't seem like we're going to get too many huge surprises. I don't think. No, I don't think it's going to be a super big surprising E3 either. I mean, Nintendo will maybe have something fun, uh, yeah. but I mean, it's really kind of seems like it's Microsoft C3 to come out and, and, Maybe wow people, but uh, who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like Sony's reloading. Nintendo could be like, oh, yeah, here's Star Fox Grand Prix. Metroid Prime will come next year. Here's one or two other things that are on that level or on like the Star Fox Grand Prix level. And then Microsoft could blow people away. But I'll tell you what, Gears of War 5 wouldn't do it if that leak is true. That would be kind of like kind of what I think they don't need. Yep. It would be like the bad example of what a Xbox One exclusive has been this whole generation. It'd be like another one. A okay, kind of not that exciting, but it's fine, you know, thing. Yeah, and we, we know they have the, those two teams dedicated to Gears of War and Halo. So we know those things have to be coming. So it's like, okay, I mean, even if they are going to be there, even if they have to be there to justify the existence and the money you've spent on them, uh, you have to have something else. Maybe you have to have multiple something else's. And then if I'm still excited about Gears of War 5 because it looks like you're doing something new, that's nice. But if even if you're doing something like way like a huge departure for those franchises, uh, I'm not going to be too excited about them just because of the fami- familiarity up to this point. Like It hasn't been a God of War-style break between us. <laughs> that's what I think and Gears this. of War needed and it didn't yep. really get. And when they did God of Gears of War 4, when it was a bit of a break, it was immediately pretty sequel-y still. That's right. All right, Mike, why don't, we, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? You can always find me at gamesbeat.com. I'm always writing there. I also do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother, and that's at ebpodcast.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tolkoto. That's T-O-L-K-O-T-O. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Um, also, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. i post some stuff there. Um, got, I got, I've got some State of Decay 2 gameplay going up. Um, I'm going to be playing... The new season of the Rainbow Six Siege stuff will be going up soon. I will be diving into that something fierce because I'm very excited to get back into that game. Um, 
maybe I, I might, I'm also still planning to put some uh, 4K God of War footage up because that game, it's not you know running at full 4K or anything, but it looks really pretty. Yeah, so I, that's kind of a game I want to capture at like the highest possible quality. Um, and then I play games whenever I can. I haven't really had much time just planning for E3 and dealing with some life stuff. Uh, but when I do, I am on twitch.tv slash jeffcrow. Okay, Mike, uh, let's let's go ahead. Let's, I'm going to hit this stop recording button, and then let's just let's split apart and not talk to each other until next week. Yeah, I'll never see you again. I mean, yeah. until next week. Wait. Oh, God. Is, is this the week I die? Yeah. Goodbye, everybody.